You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you're smiling. Hey you, bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly, crack a smile. If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business, especially in today's economy. But over 31,000 businesses do know their numbers because they use NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite gives you visibility and control of your financials, planning, budgeting, and inventory, so you can manage risk and improve margins. Everything you need, all in one place. See why NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system. Right now, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash offer. netsuite.com slash offer. Hello, movie lovers. Welcome to the Best Damn Movie Related Show here on the internet. This is your host, as always, from Movie Lovers Unite, John DeGorio. For today's podcast, I'm going to be talking about the Wonder Woman 84 trailer. It released yesterday, so I'm going to be talking about that. Venom 2 might be rated R. Stephen Graham joins Venom 2. Um, this is actually the actor that played in movies like The Irishman, and he even played Al Capone in Boardwalk Empire. Keanu Reeves' schedule might be pushed back because of the Matrix reboot, which also means that John Wick Chapter 4 could also be pushed back. I'm going to be doing a little bit of a speculation on that. The Boys Season 1 review. That's right. I actually watched the whole entire season of The uh, the Boys. This is going to be a non-spoiler review for The Boys. The Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It. This is the third movie out of the franchise for The Conjuring franchise. And it has a release date of September 11th, 2020. Then Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer released today the trailer did so i'm gonna be talking about that then shazam 2 gets a production date on when it might actually start filming based off of brazil's comic-con xp and that's gonna be all of the show so let's go on ahead and talk about wonder woman 84 so the trailer released yesterday and i could not wait to actually see what they've actually done with this film and i just want to say this I was fanboying like crazy when I saw her lassoing the lightning bolt to fly and she leapt over the flipping truck and is that the invisible jet she and Steve are riding in? And then the golden eagle armor? Oh my god. That made me fanboy more than anything is the golden eagle armor. Then you also have the the famous invisible jet too, which I wasn't sure if they were going to actually do an invisible jet or anything like that because of the fact that, you know, it is kind of cartoony to actually have an invisible jet, so I wasn't sure if they're going to go down that route. But if they are, I'm all for the fact that they want to do an invisible jet as something new or something fresh that we haven't seen from the DCEU or anything like that because we're used to the realism. We're used to the whole entire thing of what we got with the Batman, the Dark Knight trilogy from Christopher Nolan. And then, of course, the whole entire mess up was uh, 
with Zack Snyder and stuff like that. So we're more, I wasn't 100% sure they were going to still go down that route of actually putting the invisible jet into this film. And I mean it. I was fanboying over the fact that we are actually getting the invisible jet in this thing. If that is, in fact, the invisible jet. Another thing, too, that I was wondering about, too, is how is Steve still alive? Did he get frozen like Captain America? Did he get, or is there, like, a time loop or something like that? Did something like that happen? I don't know, but I'm excited to actually see Chris Pine back as Steve, but it makes me wonder if he got frozen like Steve Rogers. What's up with these guys named Steve that's actually getting frozen over periods of time and then coming back in present day, or not so much of our present day, but in 1984? But what I also like about this was when Wonder Woman got introduced into the world of where Steve is and everything, he had to introduce her to the ways of how human beings interact with each other, the way men and females interact with each other and all that stuff. And also familiarize herself with the surroundings of being new to this whole entire outside world of where she lives. And now it seems like Wonder Woman, Diane has to now introduce Steve into the 80s and has to show him the ropes of what certain things are now, which is actually kind of comical in a sense because Steve actually looks inside the garbage can. She goes, do not look in there. That's garbage. I actually like that part. It had a little bit of a heart, a little bit of a sense of humor. It even goes into the whole thing where malls is the most popular things in the 1980s as well, which we already got that from Stranger Things as well with season three, where the shopping malls is the biggest thing that you can actually do when you're hanging out with your friends and stuff like that. So now the malls is the most popular thing in the in this whole entire world of Wonder Woman. So it's going to be interesting about how she actually shops, if she's actually, if they're going to put some humor in that part. I love the part where she protects Steve when the bullet is actually going towards him and then she actually blocks it again. Even though we saw this from the first movie, she blocks it with her armor. Of course, it ricochets and everything else. But another thing that people were wondering about was Cheetah. And I get the posters and everything and... With the poster of Cheetah, some people are kind of let down by that. And they wanted to see the actual animal of Cheetah. But don't forget, with Ares and everything, he was actually, he actually had to, what's the word I'm looking for? He actually had to transform himself into Ares. So you have a little bit of shape-shifting element in that whole entire thing with Ares. So I'm thinking that they might actually do a shape-shifting element with Cheetah to actually give you that whole entire animal kind of instinct kind of feel to it, which is kind of like the sweaty feeling that we want to have from a Wonder Woman movie, especially when she's one of the biggest villains out there besides Ares. And, you know, I wouldn't worry about the fact that we don't see her in full costume or anything because think of it like this. <clears throat> in order for a villain to actually adapt it to our world and to fit in with our society, they can't go around looking the way they do. Otherwise it will cause an alarm which would also fool which won't fool Diane into actually trusting her at all. So my guess is the perfect way for Cheta to actually do, do her character right is to actually be friends with Diane and Diane don't ha doesn't have a ch doesn't ha even know that she's even Cheetah because of the fact that she's in her human form and my, and this is me speculating it would be actually cool to actually have this element to where Diane's in the mall and she just happens to see Cheetah 
And she has no idea that's her because that's her in her human form after so many years of not being into all that in that whole entire territory of where she comes from. And I think that would be a perfect way to actually do it to where her and Diane become friends and then winds up and then she doesn't know that that's, that's actually Cheetah. And then Cheetah winds up backstabbing her to the point where she where they have to fight against each other. So I think that would be a perfect element of that whole entire thing. And then also, too, you also have the corrupted government, in a sense, too. So And this is also happening during the Cold War. So I can't wait to actually see what they're going to be doing with this. In a sense, it kind of feels like a Tom Clancy kind of feel to this whole entire trailer, too. So I like this whole entire notion that this is actually kind of like a spy-type feel to it. Kind of like a Captain America Winter Soldier kind of feel to it, with a little bit of a comical twist to it if you will but all in all i'm excited to see what they're gonna do with this wonder woman 84 movie i cannot wait to see more this is just a teaser trailer so hopefully we actually get to see cheetah and wonder woman face off against each other or i'm hoping that there's actually an element of surprise to where something winds up happening to where she actually has to reveal herself to diane so i'm hoping that there's a little bit of a shock fest to that and i say i'm cheetah i'm gonna beat your ass i'm hoping that's not the case otherwise that feels like a 1990s dialogue and it will just fall flat but that's just how i'm viewing it so let me know what you guys think about that so now i'm dropping down to venom 2 might be rated r so i have a question mark by that because of the fact that we were promised an r-rated venom film and everything whenever we were first introduced with Tom Hardy being Venom. And I was perfectly fine with it being rated R. I was excited about it being rated R. Because we actually have a science fiction type of horror type of flavor to it. It's kind of sweaty flavor to it. And I was really excited about that. Then all of a sudden they changed it to PG-13 because of Disney. Because Disney still has control over the character. Even though Sony owns that right to the character. And to me I don't think it's right for someone that bought something from another company to tell them what they can and can't do with that character. So they pretty much made a PG-13 because they wanted to introduce Spider-Man into this universe sometime soon, even though the contract was getting ready to run out with Tom Holland. But now they're, he's up to maybe two or three appearances in a Spider-Man movie. So maybe he might actually make his appearance with Venom. But anyways, I want to see a Venom 2, especially uh, rated R, especially with Carnage. To me... Having a rated R type of feel to it for this movie makes sense, opposed to how they did the first film, because of the fact that with the rated R universe, especially with Carnage, especially how dark and how deep that character is, and it actually suits that character. Same thing with Venom, an R-rated thing, rated movie would actually fit the character. Not having a rated R movie just for the sake of being rated R does not do anything for me. But if they went on ahead and say, "Hey, look, we want to do a rated R Venom movie with Carnage." And it's actually going to benefit the characters because that's who the characters are because how dark and gritty they are. I'm all for it. And to me, I hope they actually go that route of being rated R rather than PG-13 because they can do a whole lot more with it. They'll be a whole lot more bloodier, a whole lot more guts, a whole lot more ripping through the skin and everything else. But for a PG-13 movie, they actually did pretty well, pretty decent for what they did with the PG-13 Venom Part 1. But I would like to see a Venom... Rated R, uh, rated R version for Carnage and Venom, especially when these two face off against each other, there is actually going to be another villain in this movie. But I'm hoping that's actually a side piece for what's to come for Venom 3 and not put, in, put that villain in there for, for this 
for this thing because of the fact I just want to see villain uh, because I just want to see uh, Carnage face off against Venom. That's all I want to see. I don't want to see a third villain, and Venom has to go against two vi- two villains. I'd rather just it be one villain and one hero facing off against each other rather than having that. But if they went on ahead and did a third villain, I hope that it's just like a little side piece. Hey, look. There's this villain right here that we're introducing, but we're going to go ahead and put that him as a side piece. We're going to put that villain into the next Venom movie because we know this movie is actually going to make over a million dollars. So we feel comfortable with just putting that villain at, later on. So I'm hoping that's what they actually do. So now I'm dropping down to Keanu Reeves' sketch. Oh, no, no, no. Now I'm dropping down to Stephen Graham joining Venom 2. Now... I love Stephen Graham as an actor. He did a fantastic job at with the Irishman. I really loved that character. He t- pissed off Al Pacino's character really well. I really loved the way that he played Al Capone in the Boardwalk Empire show. I love him as an actor. But I would like to actually see him go a little bit outside of the realm of Italian mob. Because I think he can actually pull off some other characters besides an Italian mobster. But if they did do decide to go about making him an Italian mobster for Hell's Kitchen or for New York, I'm all for it. Or maybe they might actually make him a governor or, or a mayor, and I'm okay with them doing that too. But my point is this. I don't want him to be typecast as a mafia type of actor when he can do so much more. And I think that he can actually do pretty well with his acting and everything. He's a fantastic actor. And I would love to see him do something outside the realm of playing the Italian mobster type uh, type of deal. But his whole entire um, character right now is under wraps. So we, I don't even know what character he's playing. But it makes me excited to see Stephen Graham joining Venom 2. So I can't wait to actually see him on the screen. And actually, whenever this story drops again and we actually know what his character is, I'm going to be talking about it again, of course. Because I'm a huge Stephen Graham fan, but I'm also a big, huge Venom fan as well. And I know that most of my listeners are also Ven- Venom fans too. So I'm going to be talking about that a lot more. Now I'm going to be dropping down to Keanu Reeves. His schedule might be pushed back because of John, because of the Matrix reboot, which might also push back John Wick Chapter 4. Now, if I would actually choose which one I would like to actually have in its place, to be honest with you, I love The Matrix. I thought it was a great idea by the Wachowski brothers at the time. And matter of fact, I know that one of them is a female now. So, Wachowski brother and sister, I'm okay with with Keanu Reeves coming back for a Matrix reboot because of the fact that I would love to see what they can actually do with the storyline, if it's actually a new take. I would like to actually see Neo come back or if he's actually going to be another character within the Matrix or whatever they're, they're going to be doing. But right now, there's no actual plot line. There's no actual news on what's going on with that. But to have Keanu Reeves back in the Matrix makes me even more excited. But I would, I would still want to see John Wick Chapter 4 over the Matrix because the simple fact is I need to know what's going to happen to John Wick. Especially after falling off the building and then him facing facing with uh, Lawrence Fishburne whenever he they wind up picking him up at the very end. And I'm not spoiling anything. The movie's been out for a while, so if you haven't seen it, that's on you. But I would love to see, uh, see John Wick uh, chapter four over Matrix right now because don't forget, Matrix has been done for a long time and everything. And I would love to see John Wick chapter four before this movie because this movie's been over twenty years ago with the very first one. So there's that. 
now I'm going to be talking about the boys season one review. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I couldn't, I mean it, I ended up loving this show. I love this show. Because at first I thought I'd be, this is how I thought I was going to be doing. I thought I was going to be rooting for the good guys. But instead, I find my, found myself rooting for the bad guys. Like Butcher and also two, I ended up rooting for Huey. And to me, Huey is the most relatable character that I can actually relate to in a sense because of the fact that, you know, I felt bad for the dude. You have to sympathize with Huey and everything. And the reason why he wanted to join this this bad guy villain clan is because of the fact that one of the heroes went through. He was running. He was a speedster, just like the Flash. And he goes right through his girlfriend. And she's standing on the sidewalk and they're talking and all of a sudden, he rips right on through her. And then he's ho- literally holding her arms. And it was one of those things that just made my mouth fall open. I saw it in the trailer, but I forgot that I even saw it in the trailer because of the fact that I didn't think I was actually going to get a chance to see this see this TV show and everything. Because of the fact I don't have Amazon Prime, one of my friends was gracious enough to actually let me borrow his account to where I could watch it. But whenever I saw it in, a full, in its full context, it made me feel for Huey in a big way. And I'm like, I don't blame this dude for being mad at this hero. Especially when, when the events happen after the events happen after the hero goes through him. At first I thought maybe the hero... And everything was trying to understand his powers because he said that he can't stop. He just can't stop running. So he winds up zooming away after he goes through his girlfriend. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to give the the hero the benefit of the doubt that, okay, maybe you're new to being a superhero. Maybe you didn't know that you went through her. Maybe because you couldn't control your powers. Okay, I'm going to give you a little bit of a leeway here. Then there was that knock at the door from the government wanting Huey to sign away about what happened to his girlfriend and give him $40,000 just to forget about her and everything like she was nothing like she was just another person out on the street like she didn't matter and I didn't like that aspect because of the fact that the heroes are pretty much getting away with murder and therefore they're not caring about the the humans on who they affect they don't you don't they don't care about anybody but themselves and how selfish they are. I just don't. I didn't like that whole entire aspect of what the heroes were doing. And then when he meets Billy the but when he meets Butcher and everything, that's when Huey starts developing a change of character because and gives him more layers because he's actually helping Huey get over this whole entire thing with this hero. And also too. Huey is actually battling his own insecurities as well because everybody considers him as a pushover. He's a wimp. He doesn't really defend himself. And Butcher actually gives him the confidence to be able to help himself, to be able to try and move on from the death of his girlfriend and also, too, to be able to defend himself to where he's no longer a pushover. So that's something that I really liked. And then we also have Starlight. And I'm just going to say, I love her character. I love what they did with her character. And as far as this, um, the deep, which is this other character that I really couldn't stand because of what he did with Starlight, I'm not going to get into details on that, but I don't like the fact that 
they just don't care about the people that they're affecting at all, and including the heroes with Starlight. And there's something that he does to her to where it's like it's not that big of a deal. People are thinking that she's actually just being a goody two shoes and everything else because of the because of what happened that very first night. And then too, everything they do is scripted as well and the government pretty much writes their whole entire this organization winds up writing the, everything that they want the heroes to say and do as and that's not right that's actually something very political that they that they're doing they're trying to control these heroes into doing what they want them to do and as a matter of fact it actually kind of feels like captain uh captain america civil war the actual comic to where you have these uh characters in certain sectors and everything and they want them to be able to defend themselves in this certain sector so I actually like that part in a sense because of that, but this show is beautifully well crafted, and then it even goes into the whole entire social media thing, where you see these heroes, which they're fake. The only one that's actually really good is Starlight, and you see her. I mean, you see these heroes in this charity event, and the hero does not even know what he what he has to say because he wasn't the person that the person requested but he has no script to go off of he doesn't know what to say to this person who has cancer and it also makes me wonder about how many celebrities actually go into these charities even though that we're seeing it as a good as a good thing and everything but what's the actual motive behind it is there an actual motive is he actually is this actor actually doing something that's actually nice or is he getting paid under the table to actually go and see this this person that might actually have cancer we don't know but i'm just saying from that standpoint i can actually look at it from that perspective on certain things because from the outside from us our perspective is Oh, look at what he's doing or what she's doing. That's so nice. I, she must be a really, or he might be a very nice person visiting that person that has cancer. But what's the actual motivations behind him going to see this person that has cancer is the big thing. But we don't know that. We just see what, what we're seeing with on Facebook. But I love that aspect to it. And then, two, there's also the hypocritical... Um, religions and stuff like that too that actually um about being gay and everything and then there's somebody's actually a gay one of the heroes is actually gay themselves and they're actually set and he's actually preaching on not being gay whenever he's in fact gay himself and it goes with the hypocrisy of what in today's world is so there's a little bit of political stuff that's actually going on within this show but the writing in itself is really good and not only that, like I said, Starlight is one of my favorite female characters in the show. And also, too, we also have this other guy that's kind of like a Steve Rogers, but he's actually a douchebag. And I really couldn't stand his character at all because of the things he did and everything. Because all he cares about is himself. And I really didn't like that at all. And he was kind of like a Steve Rogers in a way. And, you know, I really didn't like that. And I really felt like, you know... He lost his way. He lost his touch. And I wish that, you know, that he might actually turn good again. Maybe something might actually happen to where his character might not be this douchebag kind of thing where he doesn't care nothing but himself. But we're just going to have to wait until the second season. But 
like I said, the name of the character is Homelander, and I really don't don't like his character. And then also to the events that happens whenever uh, something happens on this airplane and stuff like that, I really don't didn't like that. And then Queen Maeve is also with him, and I was also expecting maybe something might actually happen with that. But still, I thought that. The acting is really good. The writing is really good. The actors are... This actually feels like a real great TV show. Not only that, but the way it actually wraps up, even though it's only eight episodes long, it ends on a note that I was not expecting it to end on. Like, whenever you first witness watching TV series, it usually ends on a happy note where the heroes or the villains or whatever is celebrating at the very end, and then it introduces new characters in season two. With this, on the other hand, it completely blew my mind on how they ended it on that cliffhanger, especially after that happened. It does not end on a happy note at all. As a matter of fact, the second season, if you haven't watched the trailer for the second season, it picks up right where the first season is. And I really cannot wait until next year to actually see this mo- see this TV show. Like I said, this TV show is fantastically well done, perfectly well executed. There's nothing that I have to say that is bad about this show and everything. If you haven't seen The Boys, check it out. I think you guys might actually enjoy that. It's actually based off of a comic book. I forgot what company actually puts it out. But check it out. I think you guys might actually enjoy it. Now I'm going to talk about The Boys Season 1. No, not The Boys. I just did that. Now I'm going to be talking about The Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It. And it has a release date of September 2020, which is no surprise. Maybe it might actually roll into October, I'm hoping, instead of it just disappearing after a couple of weeks at the theaters. But this is what it's about. It's about a fight for the soul of a young boy, then then takes them beyond anything that they'd ever done before to mark the first time that a murder suspect would claim a demonic position as a defense. So I love the fact that we're actually digging into something a little bit deeper, something that actually goes past the whole entire deal where it's dealing with demonic stuff. It's actually dealing with demonic stuff, but it's actually dealing with someone that's within a prison system, and they're actually going with a little bit of a crime type of theory type of storyline. And that's something new that they're actually doing with the Conjuring franchise. I'm excited to actually see what they're going to do with this. And I know that there's some contro- there's going to be some controversy, of course, with this film. Because especially when everybody in today's society always blames the devil for making them do something. Especially whenever it's your crappy... It's actually your crappy choices that actually makes you do the things that you do. But there's always that somebody that always says, oh, the devil made me do it. So there's going to be a little bit of conspiracy there. But... From a plotline point of view, from the Conjuring franchise, from seeing in that perspective of it being like a crime slash horror element, I'm all for it. I think it might actually be pretty interesting, something that we haven't seen from the Conjuring franchise. And of course, James Wan is not directing this movie, he's only producing this movie, which he does have his fingerprints on this film. So I'm ho- so I can't wait to actually see what they're going to be doing. So tell me what you guys think about The Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It. What do you think about the news for that? Now I'm going to be talking about the Ghostbuster Afterlife trailer. Let me just tell you this. I'm excited because of the fact we have our original Ghostbusters team back again. And not only that, but... Egon is gone, of course, and now is dealing with his grandson that's actually picking up the suit 
and everything. And now his friends are actually going on this adventure. So I'm guessing that the original Ghostbusters show up after they find out that the, there's actually been a trap that's actually been released. And now all the ghosts are out in this in Kansas. So now they have to go in and try and help Egon's grandson out and his friends out and, and train them in ghost hunting. Because it's been 30 years since a ghost sighting based off of what Paul Rudd said. Not only that, but there's also a lot of stuff here. There's some horror elements to it. There's some Stranger Things vibes to it. There's some comedy to it. It has This movie has layers in one trailer that I haven't seen in a long time. The advertising is really good for it. I really think that this is actually going to be a successful reboot opposed to what we got with the other with the other um, Ghostbusters reboot with Melissa McCarthy. Not only that, but also like the other thing too that I saw in this movie trailer as well was the fact that it actually has the rundown hearse, which is actually pretty cool. It even has the same sound effects as the original hearse does. And I also like, too, it actually has an homage to the actual cartoons where you actually see the backseat of the car pops out, uh, pops out, and it's kind of like a Gatling gun kind of feel to it where they can actually ca capture ghosts at the same time as, as they're driving. And I love that little homage to it because we didn't see that from the original two Ghostbusters movies. So I'm thinking that maybe Egon must have put that in later on after the events of that happened in New York after Ghostbusters 2. Or maybe it's after the... Maybe they did it a couple of years later. I don't know. But it makes me excited. It's something new, something fresh too because you actually need to have something fresh for this movie to make it work. And for a trailer standpoint, I'm sold on it. And from a trailer standpoint too, I've seen some bad trailer trailers to good movies and some bad some great trailers to bad to good movies. So, I'm hoping that this trailer will actually I'm hoping this movie will actually be good opposed to the Melissa McCarthy movie. There's no disrespect towards them. I just didn't care for it as much. I thought it was okay, but it wasn't a great movie. It has nothing to do with the female cast at all. They were they did the best they could with what they had. And that's where I'm going to leave it. But now I'm going to be talking about Shazam 2. At Brazil's uh, Comic-Con XP, this is what they said. They said production might start as early as 2020 based on Zachary Levi's tweet a few months back. That's right. A few months back, Zachary Levi actually released some information saying that Shazam could be uh, starting production around 2020. Now, this is actually just um, actually confirming what he tweeted out, where production might actually start as early as 2020. I'm hoping it actually starts around January, because you actually have a couple of months to where you can prepare for this film. And then you can actually do a release date of 2021, or you can even do 2022 if you wanted to. But even if so, you can even do it in February or March, and still get wrapped up and get everything wrapped up between 21 or 22 and release it around that area. And I think that would be an actual pretty good idea to actually release this film. But I don't, and I've, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. They don't need to go on ahead and wait any longer for these kids to get older. Because once they get older, they're going to have to be recasted. And once they get recasted, that flavor of, of the very first Shazam is going to disappear to the point where you might actually have to change things up that you, that you might have done from the first movie to actually set things up. So I'm hoping that they don't go that route where they wait too long to where they have to might recast these kids again. Because I thought the kids was the best thing about this Shazam, uh, the very first Shazam movie. Not only that, 
but even introduced us to an underground villain as well. And I'm hoping that they actually put that underground villain in first and then they start off with Black Adam rather than have Black Adam in it first. Because I would rather see the underground villain that they ended up leaving us off with with the very first Shazam movie. So that's just how I take it. I want to see that rather than Black Adam first. I want to see Black Adam come into Shazam 2 later on, Shazam 3 later on, and maybe even be introduced at the end of credits. So, with that being said, tell me what you guys think. Did, what did you guys think of the show? What did you guys think about Wonder Woman 84, Venom 2, Stephen Graham joining Venom 2, can reschedule the Boys Season 1 review if you saw them, if you actually saw the TV show, and the Conjuring 3 title, even the Ghostbusters trailer, let me know what you think about that, and the Shazam 2 news. Also, too, before I actually forget about this, I want to go on here and say this. We have our holiday showdown. Right now, it's right now, the Santa Claus is beating a Christmas story. And we only have one day left for you guys to vote. And then after that, it's moving on to the next round. And I'm going to be talking about the next round and everything. In the next round, we actually have Lethal Weapon facing off Elf. So, if you haven't gotten a chance to vote, uh, vote for the Santa Claus versus A Christmas Story, go on ahead and vote now before the voting is done. If not, you can always go on ahead and put Lethal Weapon versus Elf and vote off on your favorite movie then, because I'm going to be posting that up for tomorrow. So, until next time, bye-bye.